Hey everyone, this is Gary Kay, and welcome to a special edition of my Rants and Raves. Uh, today I bring you bad news, unfortunate news, I should say. Uh, Samantha Ventura, who's been the helm of edu- at the helm of education for CEDIA as the Senior Director of Education, uh, and then uh, the Vice Pre- Senior Vice President of Education and Training over the course of four years uh, at CEDIA, you've decided to go back to your roots and kind of, well, not number one, kind of take a break, but also go back to teaching. You know, it's just, uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me. And it's just, uh, we were talking about this a little bit before this started. It's one of those really unique positions to be in where I feel really good about where we are as an organization and um, really happy about where we're headed, really proud of the work that the team has done. My first love has always been teaching um, in addition to writing. I love curriculum design. I love all of the facets of education. Um, But for me, I like to be in the classroom, um, whether it's now virtual or in person. Um, But I also just uh, really like to be involved in um, the one-on-one of that type of growth for somebody. And so I'm excited about getting back into what I've been doing for 26 years um, because I was still doing it in addition to working at CEDIA, largely as an adjunct professor, largely um, at IU, but other areas too. And just excited about that as well. Yeah, and uh, you know, I get the charge out of teaching as well, so I totally get that. Mm-hmm. Um, you, in the time that you were there, you kind of brought CEDIA to a new level with regard to education. I think no one would doubt that. Um, you're going to be sorely missed. Let's review kind of the things that you've done since you've been there, because when you came in there, uh, for the most part, I mean, CEDIA had done a great job historically with education, but for the most yes. part, it was driven by volunteers and driven by sort of historical ad hoc uh, knowledge from you know, people in the industry have been doing it for many years and you kind of organized it into a um, into a more professional development program, I guess I would say. Uh, well, what, what do you look back in and that, that you feel, you know, how, how do you felt went well and maybe where you could have made some changes? Well, that's a good question. Um, yes, you are right. When I first started, I often you would have heard me say this feels like a startup. There were some exciting pieces to that, and it was daunting. Um, I could never, ever have uh, known how much of a huge strength the volunteer movement was from the very beginning, the grassroots movement, but also just the amount of knowledge and, and, and what that meant to the organization. When I figured out how best to harness that, but also put in processes in place that would make it work um, for us as an organization, but also moving from a member association to an industry association, what that looked like. And it's been, um, you know, there's a fine line with that sometimes too, with recognizing how to be very respectful of what the volunteers had built, but recognize that we could not scale with how we had it. And to make this an actual movement to continue to professionalize this industry, but also skilled trades in general and make it more inclusive for those who may have been left along the wayside was super, super important. And there were times where people would say to me, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm like, it is broke. I mean, I'm sorry. It is a little bit broke. And also recognize that it benefits all of us when we continue to push the needle on making things better. I still want to learn every single day. I still have a mentor that works with me and it's been you know, almost 30 years learning how to be a better educator. And 
those were exciting times in the early parts of what we were trying to do, but it was also a little bit daunting. Again, super proud of where we've uh, come from and where we're headed. And now to see that after the merge with the UK office, um, the sale of the expo, um, some uh, things that we've acquired along the way, we've now laid a really strong foundation for a really good pathway moving forward um, that now the baton can be passed. And I, I do believe that um, we're really poised for great success, particularly in the area of education and training, which that's our strategy. Yeah. And so what, so let's say, you know, you had a crystal ball or let's say you had the ability to, to, to do exactly what you wanted to do, because I mean, obviously there's a couple of factors that came up when you were talking, you kind of, I mean, I think part of it is resistance to change. Uh, part of it is, you know, that not broke, don't fix it attitude. But the part of it is also the the issue of taking something that was more, I don't want to use the term um, and make it sound negative, but like kind of a good old boy network of like, this is just the way it's been done for many, many years mm -hmm. and bringing it into a, a program that could that could carry a certification. And that's really what you did. And that's that's different. So you accomplish that. But if you could go back and do it over or make that next goal, but still be able to teach at IU, what would you do? Like, what should, what should you tell your successor, I guess, is the next step? I would say to the next person that comes on board, stay true and stay strong to what a strategy really means. Uh, Buy-in is important, but sometimes it doesn't come along until there's proof in the pudding. I understood that from the very beginning. Um, have very real conversations and tell people you need to trust in uh, what my vision is and what we're trying to do. Um, there's going to be good success with this, but you have to understand they hired me for a reason. I was not from the industry. That presented quite a few problems for, for me in the beginning, let's be honest. Um, I was not coming from a place of knowing, uh, you know, the years of, of what had already gone into Cedia. But there was some benefit for that, too. I didn't come in with baggage. So I came in yeah. with very fresh eyes of what I thought we could do. And and we made it happen within actually really two and a half years to know that we have two stackable credentials right now with two certifications attached. Right now, David Whitney is just finishing up two days of really comprehensive ANSI accreditation meetings. Um, I'm so proud of that. That's going to be attached to our CIT certification. These are things that are going to continue to professionalize this industry. It only makes all of us get stronger together. And I still say us, because although I'm leaving, I'm not leaving. I've said, you can't toss me out of the boat. I will still be involved as much as possible and as much as anybody would want me to. While I was at CD, I still did leadership classes, um, leadership programs. It's something that I love to do. And I've said often to our business owners, no one is ever, ever going to say you haven't been a successful business owner and that you're not so knowledgeable with tech. However, there's a lot to be said for uh, retention, for succession planning, for strengthening the industry so that you can pass the baton and make this a viable career opportunity for anybody wanting to come into this field. And that's really what it's about. So what I would say to the next person also is help to prove even more now than ever before that this is a wonderful career opportunity. And we've laid the pathway for somebody to work with a business owner or come in independently and say, this is the career that I want and I can make something of this. It seems to me that the person that they pick to lead CDA going forward needs to have, you know, education in their background, uh, all like integrated in their background. Like, I don't think, I think that that's the key. That's the differentiator that CD is going to have going forward is being that known for that ability. This is my opinion, obviously known for that ability to be that place that you go to, to find out, you know, that hub of information with regard to education 
because uh, the, the industry is changing a lot. It's evolving a lot, but you need some sort of like stable base of knowledge to really uh, understand, you know, how to build quality system. When you're going in someone's house, yes. you're going to their home. You have to, you have to act a certain way, be a certain way and perform a certain way. Mm-hmm. And it seems like to me as the person who's going to run the industry association, that educational component needs to be part of it rather than it be separate. Because right now, the way I feel is that it's separate, almost like you're siloed compared to everything else that goes on in Cedia. That's just my outside impression. Is that well, how I you? Yeah. I appreciate those comments. I think if you go back and, and from the first thing that I was talking about originally, it's been a tough position for a lot of people at the org because a lot of change happened at one time. Yeah. And so again, going back to that idea of a startup, when people have change in front of them, it's not the change that they're so upset about. It's the emotional attachment to the way it always was. And so in the inside, internally, it wouldn't look that way to us. We are all on the same mission. We're moving forward strategically. It's really because, and, and it becomes a a benefit, but sometimes a curse, the love of all the people also involved, which is so wonderful for us. But imagine this whole wave of almost emotion often attached to something that you have to have the buy-in because we need them. So I work on curriculum development just because I love it with my team. It's not really what my focus is, but I'm still in the movement of it. And often I will say to our subject matter experts, our SMEs, understand something that when you're coming in and you're helping us to design and develop this, that there's a much bigger picture attached to this. It's not just about the you, it's not the me, it's the we. And sometimes breaking down some of those, even just with one person, imagine thousands. And so when we work with sometimes subject subject matter experts, I'm the first to say, I don't know this industry, I know education. So if you can bring what you know and what I know into one thing, what'll be golden. But we both have to put the, you know, aside some biases here and work together. And I've been very, very uh, lucky and blessed to have a lot of volunteers who have been willing and able to see the forest through the trees, that this transition is going to take a lot of work. But here we are. We're poised and positioned for great success moving forward. To your first point, do we need to have somebody specific to education? Not necessarily, but we definitely have to have somebody with the buy-in of that. This is strategically what is going to make this industry more sound, more professional, and more of a viable career opportunity for people uh, who are wanting to get into it. But there's another piece, Gary, that I want to mention here, and we talked about this at something else, uh, another time that we had worked together, interviewed. I said on the other side, I can get people through, I can give people, you know, great education, they can become wonderful technicians, they can be a career changer, higher level, lower level, it doesn't matter. If at the end of the day, the industry itself is not willing to support our technicians and our people in this industry as real viable career, um, you know, uh, professional development opportunities and a career pathway for this particular group of people, I can't keep them. So right. we can do yeah. our part at CD as much as possible. Industry. We're yeah. going to lose them to the CS world. We're going to lose them to somewhere else because they want to buy a house. They want to know they have benefits. They want to know they can take care of their family or they just want to travel all over the place and have the money to do that too. So we have to invest in them as an industry. And that's one of the bigger pieces too that I have uh, conversations with a lot of people about. We're here now with what we built. Now I need you to take the baton in that regard too and support that and what that means for somebody who is who has wanted to become part of this industry and should be treated as, you know, as such with respect. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I think that message has been heard by a lot of people over the last, you know, five years. And I think we're getting better, Yes. Uh, but we have a long way to go. There's no question. I think everyone for the most part agrees that there's a long way to go. I don't know that everyone knows what the solution is there. Um, part of it is education and training, but part of it is 
um, sort of resetting the salaries for the people that are in the field and, and recognizing that what they're doing is not the same thing as what most housing contractors do. It's a, it's a much higher level. It's really a lot of the people that are doing this can walk into a university and manage the IT system for a campus yes. uh, with the yes. knowledge that they have. Uh, and that's, and that's, you know, they're not being paid accordingly in some cases. And I think that's, that might be a little dilemma that our industry has to deal with. And it's not forward. just this one. We, we have to normalize skilled trades. We have to say yeah. that skilled trades are, again, a viable option for somebody as a gate, as a career changer or somebody coming right into their career that, you know, it, it's viable. And it's important to note that not everybody's going to go through traditional education. I did. And I'm the first to say that. So, yeah. um, you know, I think that that's part of it, too, is a lot largely some misconceptions attached to it. And and that and then that legitimizes bad behavior when it comes to how we treat people within the industry. It's not fair. Do you think that that education, that trade education needs to start in the high school or should it start in junior colleges? I think either. Colleges? I think the conversations have to start. So here's where you go out to many uh, high schools and you will have uh, lots of times where opportunities for junior ROTC or recruiters will come for the military or different groups will come and speak but we don't necessarily we don't make this something that becomes part of even the discussion or discovery of what they might like to do so we will lose them to some of the other organizations or some of the other um, sister industries because they get them first whereas really if they knew how cool it is because i think our industry is super cool that it's really cool but it's also something that can support you financially and you can do a lot with i look at our industry and i think you can start in one path and this more than so many others, you could end in 10 different areas. Talk about choose your own adventure. Um, if you're willing to invest in yourself and you make some really good and smart decisions along the way. But what makes it difficult is a lot of people don't have the gumption and probably foresight to do that. They're looking for somebody to help them. Help me figure out what those pathways could look like and make sense of it for me. So, yes, the junior colleges should absolutely, the community colleges support this. And many of them do sort of. They have building you know, classes that they do, they have partnered programs, they have senior level in the high school that will come over and do hands-on. Um, but we also then need to have a place for them. So after they go through and they get educated with us, or even if they came from a high school situation or a junior college, community college situation, they need to know that they're going to be hired and we need to show them those numbers. Not only are they gonna be hired, but there is a pathway then at year one, year two, year three, year five, so that they don't get lost from us to another industry that's going to do that for them. And again, that goes back to all of us have to work together to be committed to the growth of this industry professionally. Yeah, and it totally resonates that people just have no clue about our industry. I teach at the University of North Carolina, and I was teaching yeah. class yesterday, and I was talking about digital signage, and a student says, what is that? Because <laughs> when I explained it to him, then she was like, I want to go into that market. How do I do that? Mm -hmm. And I couldn't give her an easy path. I couldn't say, well, you just go here and learn mm -hmm. this and you can get in digital yeah. science. The same way with home, you know, high-end residential integration. There's not a clear mm -hmm. path unless you go work for a residential integration company. And the mm -hmm. thing about them is that they are not hiring until they need somebody. So the moment that you hire somebody is when you need them rather than cultivating and curating talent. And so they're not thinking about that. I think that's, uh, you know, I think, I think a lot of people in the industry want to solve that problem, but they don't know how to do it. I mean, it's too bad that you're leaving the industry because I think you had the vision and the, and I think you had the, the, the gut, I guess is probably the best way to say it, to kind of shake people alive and say, look, you're going to have a problem 10 years from now if you don't fix this problem today. I think that's the message I kept hearing year after year 
Um, so I, I think it's unfortunate, but I hope that you end up coming back. I hope you do well and enjoy what you're doing and, and stay connected in some way. And certainly I, I would, I, I, you know, there's, we have the bull show and then the regional events. I, there's no reason why you shouldn't at least, and they're in your backyard. I mean, I don't know yeah. if you're going to move or what, but, but uh, you know, I wish you the best. Uh, it's been great talking to you and work with you over the years. And uh, you know, I, uh, I know that the industry has appreciated what you've done, even if it may not be obvious all the time. Thank you, Gary, very much. And I've appreciated your support and, and the support of uh, your entire team over the years. Um, I love our real conversations that we have. I think sometimes that's the best way to spur, to, you know, spur and spark on thought um, in people is often to just get them that little bit of thought in them of, you know, maybe I could think about this in a little bit of a different way. So yes, yeah. I will be around. I've already told everybody at CD, I'm, you know, now I can actually be a volunteer for different things. So call on me, uh, you know, when you need me and, and I have no doubt that they'll put somebody uh, in place that'll take the baton and do a fabulous job. So thank you for well, everything. And I appreciate it. Yeah. And I'll put, we'll put your link in the description of this yeah. video cast and uh, so that people can connect with you on LinkedIn if they haven't already. And I uh, wish you best of luck. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much and have a great weekend. And thanks everyone for watching. Ray, Ray, Ray. With Ray.